scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. This week on the ASP, we're joined by Cloud CityCast to talk about the Studio Ghibli classic, My Neighbor Totoro. And some tangents, because that's, you know, like our staple, I guess? Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 94. My name is Josh. My name is Gavin. And today we're joined by our good friends over at Cloud CityCast to talk about My Neighbor Totoro. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks for having us on the show yet again. Uh-huh. I should have introduced you better, but I didn't. So you guys want to introduce yourselves? <laughs> well, I'm Brittany. I'm Liam. And we're excited to be here because I love my neighbor Totoro. She really does. It's probably one of her favorites. We have, it's we, in the top two. three, probably, Ghibli yeah. films for me. We do Sweet. have it on Blu-ray and VHS because really that's the only way you should ever have movies these days. Yeah. So you guys just just skipped the DVD? Well, usually the Blu-ray comes with the DVD. It's usually like the two-pack combo. So it's like, uh, the it's combo like pack, yeah. Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray DVD, digital HD. That's how we warrant charging you $30 for a movie that came out in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, where were you guys in 1994 when they released it on Laserdisc? Ooh, Laserdisc. Uh, Brittany was still in itching her dad's pants. No, I was, was <laughs> 94. God, I was... I was probably finishing up my master's at oh, that point. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, right. No, um, honestly... I remember you in my classes. I was the 10 year professor true. that this taught you everything you know. <laughs> but this is like my this is like my third or fourth master's at that point, because Gavin and I both completed our doctorates in 1912. <laughs> um, right. No, you know what? I think in 94, I don't know if I was super dialed into like, like the, the, any of the Ghibli movies at that point. I, I, think I wasn't. The, right. It was just the ran- like any anime stuff was basically the random stuff that was just rebroadcast on you know ABC and Fox and whatever you know like I, don't even- I think Fox right. would have because I think they had rights at some point yeah I one of their companies and then Disney didn't get rights until like two thousands so two thousand six yeah so I probably wouldn't like have that. watched which I think they put out films on Disney Channel before then yeah because I remember watching Kiki's when I was really young but that was probably still. Like late nineties, early two thousands. Right. Yeah. No. I, honestly, I don't think any of these ones were really hit my radar. I think the first time I saw Totoro, like you saw the casing and what for it, for it was like one of the girls that my friend dated had like a VHS copy of it, and I was like, that looks interesting, and then I never watched it. So her and I were not close. Nice. <laughs> I was not like, let's sit down and watch this movie you like. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? All right. Uh, Totoro, uh, I, uh, just watched it for the first time. What? Yeah. Um, this was Josh's first time, as yeah. it is with most Ghibli movies. Oh, fresh. <laughs> fresh viewing. Th- this show has, has allowed him the chance to see almost all of them for the first time, except for, uh, Mononoke, right? No, I hadn't seen Mononoke before. What was the one you, uh, there was one going oh, into no, the it show. Was that you, Mononoke that yeah, I you'd watched. seen that yeah, once. Yeah, I watched that one with Hannah. But then every other Ghibli show you've seen since then has been for the show, basically. Yep. So nice. it's all been new. You owe your very own show a debt of gratitude. Thanks, show. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, before we talk about Totoro, we do have some news because we didn't get to do any news on the last episode since mm-hmm. it was pre recorded. Right. So there's a lot of news that came out. So, first off, 
Big Hero 6 the series will premiere on Disney Channel on June 9th. Yay! So mm-hmm. we're kind of pumped for that one. That's Love cool. Big Hero 6. Yeah. Uh, then Netflix also announced some of the stuff they're going to be putting out in May. Uh, we've got the anime Mob Psycho 100 that comes out May 22nd. We get season three of Troll Hunters on Ooh. May 25th. And then Disney Pixar's Coco comes out on May 29th on Netflix. Oh, cool. Wow. So if you don't own it, you'll be able to watch it on Netflix. If you don't own it, you're living your life wrong, but you can watch it on Netflix and earn some points back. Yes. Mm, no, I'm all right. Ugh, I can live my life wrong. Your, your Pixar relationship needs to change its status yes. one of these days. Right. Get it, uh, get it, get it updated when, on the interwebs already. <laughs> when they when they make good things, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, so Trollhunter <laughs> Season 3. Gavin, you need to finish Trollhunter Season 2. I do. I'm sadly, sadly behind on that one. Meh. Yeah, Meh. definitely. I was about to say, speaking of good things, <laughs> Trollhunters would not be one of those for us. We are not... We, uh, no, yeah, we, we I think we finished Season 1 because we put it on and then went and did a whole bunch of other things. So it was just like yeah. background noise. And mm-hmm. by the time the season was over, we're like, oh, that one's over. We should probably turn this off and not waste and energy. We wanted to love it because you guys have said great things. Yeah. I feel like Jared has said awesome. Everybody raves about mm-hmm. it. So we're like, yeah, it's going to be a great show. We're so excited. And we watched it good probably for like the first six episodes, seven. And, like, and we love and like Guillermo del Toro movies. You know what I mean? Well, like, you we, do. We, I don't yeah. know. Well, you like Pacific Rim. Stop That's like the tur- only one I know. being a turkey. <laughs> but like, like he's, a great, he's a great director. Um, Hellboy's one of like my favorite superhero films. Uh, or comic book to superhero films. And then uh, uh, Anton Yelchin. I mean, like, how yeah. do you not go, yeah. I mean, rest in peace, but, like, how do you not want to watch what was ultimately his final performance? Like, that's great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it just wasn't quite as engaging as what I wanted it to be. And maybe the trolls are too goofy. Maybe I wanted them, like, a little bit more intimidating. But even, like, the villains just look like big plush dolls. So there was never a point where I'm like, he seems lethal. I'm like, he seems cuddly. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see how a lot of adult viewers would have a hard time finding that balance between the uh, kid-friendly elements and things that might interest adults. How dare you call it me does an adult. Kind of, <laughs> it does kind of lean towards the kid audience a little more than most of the shows we would get into. Yeah. But... Uh, for us, really, it was the second half of season one where it really kicked in once the second villain arrives. And, oh, man, I loved the design work of the show, too. I thought it was great. I didn't find the, the plushiness that you found. Yeah, That could be it yeah, for me, like, too. I don't think I like the design work. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think I like the animation style. Hmm. It's a big seller for Ga- me. Gavin's going to go and... <laughs> delete your phone number no no it's i I think maybe that maybe i miss 2d a lot so i'm i'm like there's just too like everything is 3d animated now so i think i just i miss Mm -hmm. the 2d stuff so we feel you there yeah also now i I haven't really talked to Brittany about this but we did get the new live action casting for kim possible Yeah, that the live action. So, because we've got uh, Sadie Stanley is going to be playing Kim, and then Sean, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce G- his last name. Like, got Jim Brony, Jim Brony, Jim Brony. Yeah, I think so. Jim, Jim yeah, Brony. and he's going to be Ron. 
So, what do you think about that casting? I'm excited for... I don't know the girl, so I don't know what she's been in yet. Yeah. But the boy has been in the Goldbergs, I think that's yeah. the show. And yeah, he's the kid in the Goldbergs, yeah. I love him. Like, his voice is so great because it's so <laughs> different. Like, nobody has a voice like him. So, when you hear... He's done animated voice Nobody too. has a voice like him and gets jobs in acting or radio. Yeah, that's true. And he's... I can't take it. He's, uh... What has he done? You don't like his voice? No, no. Oh, and, I love it. And he might be on the worst show in television history. <laughs> he's on, um... What is that animated show that he's in? It's, I don't like the show. Clarence, I think, he's in the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's in Clarence? I, Gross. I hate that. It's not a good show. It's really obnoxious. But he's a voice in there, so he has done voiceover work, but, um... This will be a live action. I think he'll be a great Ron Stoppable. He fits... Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. I've got high hopes for it. I'm. I'm still hoping that they can put um, Christy and Will in there somewhere. Just kind of like as a nice little nod. Nod. Just put them in somewhere. Yeah, you saw the. Uh, I think you were the one who posted or the little. Oh yeah, their their little audition. Yes, that was great. <laughs> I saw I that. that. It was, that was so funny. good. So wait, there was, was a good. crossover. They were, they were dressed with, up like the characters with Stitch, like Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, that that was. Uh, during Disney's like heyday with Lilo and Stitch, they crossed it over with everything, mm-hmm. like Proud Family, um, Kim Possible. Oh God! Well, that yeah, was, Stitch uh, was kind of doing a Deadpool recess. thing, right? Where he was crossing over into everything else. Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's when they were just doing everything. They yeah. put him in anything and everything that they could possibly put him in. Because yeah, that it's was like his how thing. like Scooby Doo showed up in all those shows back in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. Say what? <laughs> didn't they didn't they cross over Scooby Doo with like a million different shows? Maybe I thought they did. It's very possible. But Disney was big on that crossovers. Like they always did crossovers mm-hmm. with their shows, even the live action yeah. stuff. So and they still Leah, do it today. Aladdin met Hercules. Are you serious? Yeah, that's hunky right there. It's weird what it is. <laughs> hey Liam, have did you ever watch Kim Possible? I've never seen a single episode. Yeah, same. Um, I think. Okay. Probably because so only the cool kids watched Kim Possible. Well, no, yeah. I think Gavin and the I were just ins. scared of those newfangled picture boxes, so we were probably still you know adjusting the radio, radio and rabbit ears on our our, our old timey speakers, our gramophones and whatnot. So no, I don't know. I think this. I think Kim Possible what, was early two thousands, like two thousand two or three uh, or something like that. Yes, yeah. like in in the yeah, I think it mm-hmm. ended in 05. So that would oh four or five. That would have been like I would I probably would have been touring a good part of like the early oh, so to mid two thousands. Too cool for school. No, I was literally. too far away from television sets to be able to <laughs> enjoy TV. So honestly a lot of the shows that came out during that time I missed. I watched movies because it was the only way you could get out of a sweaty, humid, stinky man van for two hours was to go and sit and watch a film. It's the only reason I saw the first Star Trek movie. It was the longest movie that was in theaters that day. So I was like, all right, I guess we're going to go watch Star Trek. So thank, thank the heat for that. Yeah, no, honestly, that's that's really what it comes down to. So yeah, a lot of those shows I miss. <laughs> I, I never got to, to, to catch up with those. Nice. And then the last bit of news, Castlevania Season 2 is coming uh it was confirmed by netflix and well i mean it was confirmed like the day after it originally came out last year Mm -hmm. or two years ago um so yeah season two is coming they said this summer and it now has double the episodes so eight what what did you think of what did you think of the first season i thought it was really good the the animation was a little inconsistent at times uh but i liked the story i thought it was really good 
Um, and I liked the characters. Like, it made you feel sympathetic for Dracula. Right. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Hmm. I thought that was a nice touch that they did. I think what they, you know I think the they leaned a little too heavy on the gore in it. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. They were like, let's just kill everything. Yeah, and, like, in the most, like, glorious way possible. So th- this one was tough because it was very much like a, I had to watch it when nobody else was around type thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, I like a... And when I watch an anime, I always want to be like, oh, Brittany, you should watch this. It was so good. But this was when I was like, oh, she won't enjoy this. <laughs> so it, that that was kind of a bummer. But, I mean, I I liked it, but not enough to be like, oh, my God, can't wait for season two. More of like a, well, I'll get around to it. Well, I just wanted them to complete the story. Yeah. Because no, that, like, sure. they gave us four episodes. So it was like, I mean, I, I would like to watch the rest of this. Yeah. You know, please. I mean, just maybe give it to me all at the you know same time. So that way I don't have to wait. And then I could just be done with it in 12 episodes. Yeah, I think I went into it hoping it was going to be very, like, uh, Vampire Hunter D bloodlust, you know? So, mm. And I thought the story would be a little bit more self-contained. Because I just never thought Castlevania warranted, like, oh, we need four hours of Castlevania. Yeah, it, it never needed, like, all of this story. No. Like, because, I mean, like, it's like, it's basically the first game yeah. is what they're telling. Yeah. But yeah, I I, th- I thought it was good. Is that so. what it is? It's a, it was a game. Yeah, Castlevania was a video game. Yeah, oh. it's a video game franchise. Game. Good to know. Castle- like Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest is one of the hardest games ever. Yeah. No, that's the Lion King. No, the Lion King is the hardest game ever. Yeah, it, impossible. You can't, you can't play that no. game. Beauty, it's Beauty and the Beast. Beast Super Nintendo. Nintendo is the worst. You can't. You can't be the <laughs> I never first level. That one. <laughs> so basic, basically, like any Disney Super Nintendo game is the hardest thing ever. Because I remember Aladdin being ridiculous. Aladdin too. was hard, but that was beatable. Yeah, because you have save points. Aladdin. Aladdin, I'm not a good game. Yeah, Aladdin had save yeah, points have that save if you points. put mm-hmm. back in the corresponding pictures, you could jump back to a certain point in time. But yeah, but yeah, no Castlevania. Honestly, be most people know Castlevania because of the music. Like it had very distinctive yes. music track that it was like Epic, way more involved gothic, than a lot of video awesome. games at the time. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So you guys ready to start this off? I suppose. Let's do it. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the 1998. Nope, it's not 1998. <laughs> the 1988 <laughs> Studio Ghibli film, My Neighbor Totoro. is directed by Hayao Miyazaki and uh, animated at Studio Ghibli. Yep. Which I said previously. Yes. 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 This is this is tied for their third film. Basically, um, you know, off of the, we've talked about their history before, but based off the success of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, they decided to start Studio Ghibli, and their first film was Castle in the Sky, and then they put out two films simultaneously. So this one, interestingly enough, premiered as a double bill with the saddest movie ever created, Grave of the Fireflies. And both of them are fantastic films in their own right, but pairing those two together, wow! I what a roller coaster they put their audiences through. Crazy. I don't know if I don't know if I would rather watch Grave of Fireflies first and then be hopefully cheered up by Totoro. I, I would say, or if Totoro would be totally ruined because of that. Oof. You know, I think I would want to watch Totoro first, and so then you and then watch the Grave of Fireflies, like, wanting to, and then I could just go just home and cry in private. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not a lot of repeat <laughs> audiences to that <laughs> double feature. Well, it <laughs> no, wasn't. I can't imagine it wasn't um, received well, like in theaters. Yeah, it definitely became a because, cult classic. Yeah, it right because one of them because they aired it on TV. 
like once it hit like the the TV network a year all, later. Yeah, all of a sudden it like skyrocketed yeah. and everybody was like, "What is this?" And it's probably because everybody <laughs> went and saw a Grave of Fireflies and then immediately <laughs> left the theater was like, "Well, I can't I can't imagine this Totoro is going to be any better than that and left." So Right. Yeah. Not that Grave of Fireflies isn't a great movie. It's just a, it's a downer. It's a downer. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, it's downer. it's not a family film, and that was the problem. Is that no, people? No, it has a film in it. People, were, <laughs> it, has a, it, has a, yeah, it has a family. Right, in it. I get that. You know, they, but, they die, but it's a family <laughs> movie. Right, but I mean, Totoro was marketed, you know, with kids in mind, and so you bring your kids, and then they show you Grave of Fireflies as well, and. Yeah, no, that could not have gone very well. See, what they needed to do is do like a movie within a movie where like My Neighbor Totoro was like the fever dream of the two children. (laughs) (laughs) And like, so you watch all of My Neighbor Totoro and he's got the the fun theme song. You're like, this is great. And then it cuts back into Grave of Fireflies and you're like, no, not this again. You're putting a damper on Totoro for me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Nice, nice. All right, so um, I guess uh, let's before we go into like the story, what did you guys think of the cast? Because we have Dakota Fanning oh, as uh, Satsuki. Well, is that the one we all watched? Yeah, sure. yeah, we watched I, I the assume. Dakota Fanning one. Okay, cool. I mean, can you get the one from Streamline? Well, they uh, could have watched the Japanese. Oh, okay. It, yeah, so I didn't know if they watched the dub or the sub. So uh, I just wanted to make sure we're on the same. We page. pretty much always continue. We almost always watch the dubs because Brittany doesn't like to read her movies. She'll read the opening crawl of Star Wars, and that's about it. And then I'm asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same. Um, So then we we have Dakota Fanning as Satsuki. We have Elle Fanning as Mai. uh, Tim Daly as the dad. uh, Let's see. Frank Welker as... uh, Voices. (laughs) Totoro and Catbus. Yeah, Totoro and Catbus. Ursula plays Granny. Yep. Yep, Pat Carroll. Carroll as Granny. And uh, Jasmine and Mulan plays the mom. Leah yep. Salonga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But Disney, once they got it, got the voice cast uh, rights to, to do a redub, used a lot of their canon of stars. So I, I thought this one was... Personally, I think this is one of the better cast uh, dubbings that they've done. I really don't have any issues with it. I don't either. I enjoy the cast. Yeah, no, I mean, there's not anything, like, for me, I, I don't, I can't think of anything that's... What I think was cool it. that played a really good part um, in creating a, a really natural feeling dynamic between all the actors is the fact that they actually used sisters to play sisters. Right. I can't think of another example where that's happened. And they do such a sweet, adorable, like, realistic thing uh, in their voice acting that is so true to the beautiful realistic portrayal that Hayao Miyazaki and his team created in those two girls as they animated them they you just believe that two girls would you know act and do and say the things that they do in this film it just it looks like you're actually watching kids at play and I I really love it so I think they're the centerpiece and then everybody else just kind of falls in around them perfectly yeah agreed um did you guys get to watch any of the special features for this I don't know how you guys watched this um, no, Ga- Gavin took the DVD I away. took it out of the machine and drove away as soon as <laughs> yeah. I could. I didn't want to risk Josh breaking my heart. Oh, right. Um, no, uh, we, we didn't really do any of that. I've watched them before, years ago. Um, do you guys have any cool insights about well, the extras? just to touch on the, the sisters, um, it shows them doing their voice cast and or their voiceover oh, work. Yeah. And 
It's really adorable to watch them because, I mean, we know how what their ages are now. I mean, heck, the fannings have been in like Twilight and Sleepy. Mm-hmm. What's the Sleepy? Maleficent. Yeah. Um, she's Aurora. So yeah. I can't. What's her L? L. Yeah. L, L was Fanny. Aurora. Yeah. Dakota hasn't done Since, a whole lot I recently, but Twilight. she had that movie's like what was it? Man on Fire. She had done the Runaways yeah. with. Kristen I remember Stewart, when like, she was little and she had done. Um, Man on Fire. No, well, not that one. The with Brittany Murphy, like the more fun, upbeat movies. Oh, um, Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. Yeah, I, I don't know. I enjoyed nice, her. Yeah, and then this I Am Sam sad movie or whatever it was called. Oh yeah, was really summer was it? Summer of Sam. Summer of Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but How have to, you seen? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> very random. So, but to watch them interact when they're doing their voiceover, they were just in the room together when they did like their playful uh, voices yeah. over them um, screaming at like the soot sprite, screaming it in the house. It was really cute to watch. I'm like, well, obviously this works. Brilliant that Disney got sisters for this. It's like when they yeah. um, did the audio files for Boo. In oh, yeah. uh, in Monsters Inc., where they just followed the little girl around with a tape recorder and just like taped oh, her nice. being her mm-hmm. all day, and then just inserted that into the film. Smart. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, so Josh, what did you think about the the voice acting? Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, it, it wasn't any. I mean, I've I've heard worse Ghibli dubs mm-hmm. before that Disney okay. has done, um, but. I mean, yeah. If to me, I mean, I thought it was good. It it wasn't anything that like just stuck out mm-hmm. to me. Like, I thought that uh, let's see, it would be Satsuki. I thought she was good. I, you know, but I think it just may have been you know May's character design because she looked so much like Ponyo. And you know, that's the thing. Uh. I'm not ever a fan of that Ghibli does where it's like recycling characters, except we'll put them in a different hairstyle. Yeah, the mom looked familiar too. Like yeah. she, she actually reminded. Was it Wolf Children? I she kind of looked like the mom in Wolf Children. What's well, a different? Well, I know it's a different studio, oh. but I, I feel like um, there are certain looks in Japanese feature animation which it's. I don't know if they've become iconic, so people are always drawing after them. I don't, I don't know. It's weird, but I, I see what you mean. And especially in Ghibli, there seems to be like a character look that really just gets. Like they have this kind of center lane, and they mm-hmm. don't vary away from it a whole lot. Maybe hair color or hairstyle, but like the general face and body type is the same. Yeah, because like movie after granny, movie after and movie. I'm like, I've seen Granny in like every Miyazaki yeah. film. It's like they have mm-hmm. a certain style of drawing an old lady, so they just mm-hmm. keep doing that. And I see some of that in the Disney Studio. You know, you go through an era, and it's like, oh, all the people generally look the same in this era. You know, they've got different costumes or whatever, but. Um, I think that just comes from having a, a small group of artists, you know, working on these films, you know, one after another, and they kind of develop a style for what they do. And, you know, it maybe doesn't have the level of variety that we would all want, but yeah, cause I- the way they animate is so fluid and beautiful that I can forgive uh, a little bit of a lack of great and unique character design. Cause like for me, when I think about it, because like if, if we I look at the Ghibli films and then I look at the stuff from like Mamoru Hosoda, mm-hmm. like all of his characters, they have the same aesthetic, but they none of them ever look the same. Right. They all look like they belong in one of his movies, like in the same world. Mm-hmm. It's just it, there's not a character in Summer Wars that looks like a character 
in Wolf Children that looks like a character in The Girl Who Lived Through Time. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of the characters, like, they can be in the same, like, genre or in the same, you know, universe, but none of them look like they're, like, ripped out of something else. Right, right. Whereas, uh, but I, I don't know, that may just be a Miyazaki thing because Whisper of the Heart, I don't feel that... A lot of their like the character design in Whisper of the Heart is different from any of the other Ghibli stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that may be a reason why I like Whisper of the Heart way. It's you know pretty high up there for me, right? Right. Is because there is such a difference. But you can mm-hmm. look at like even for Yashiro Natal. Like I love Trigun, easily my favorite anime of all time. But if you watch Gungrave, you're like, oh, that's Brandon Heat is basically Vash the Stampede just with dark hair. Like, you, you definitely have certain artists or certain studios that are, like, what Gavin would say, even with, like, the Disney era, where you're, like, whether it's your main characters or your background characters, you're going to have some consistency. Um, so, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. And I, I think maybe that's why certain movies like Princess Mononoke maybe sticks out, because the character designs did start to feel a little bit different, because I think they wanted to have a more adult approach uh, to the style, the stylings of that particular movie, but yeah, like you look at, you know, like their their earlier stuff, like the late '80s, early '90s stuff. Like, yeah, they, I'm with you, Josh. There's definitely a, oh, this is just she has brown hair instead of red hair. Oh, she's wearing pants instead of a yeah. dress. Like, yeah, there's I there's think, definitely a consistency. I think I like that though. For some people, I think it would be a, a turn off. Like, ah. Oh. They're just recycling mm-hmm. characters. For me, it's I'm watching a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah, it's and that familiarity. I, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's almost like watching the next Wes Anderson film. It's like all the same actors, just in a new story. <laughs> and sometimes that's comforting. You know, you yeah. got those directors who have their like group of actors that they reuse over and over. And it's kind of cool sometimes to see, oh, look, we're all in a new story. Mm-hmm. film telling you a different story together this time oh bill murray's so, back okay <laughs> exactly i can go either way on it you know and, and like i said uh, the the quality of animation and storytelling for me overrides that small criticism so see i, I i'm okay so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know do the my my fun little devil's advocate so i'm gonna say what i liked about it and then like the parts that I didn't really, you know, okay. anything. The voice acting was really good. I really liked the voice acting. Um, I like Satsuki. She was probably the best part of that whole entire movie for mm-hmm. me. Um, the music was good. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like I like when you're saying the animation is fantastic. What was the good part of the animation in this? Like, what was anything that like like nothing in this was like? Oh my gosh! Like stuck out at me. It was. It's all pretty much the same for me, at least. Okay. Like nothing really like jumped out, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, a miraculous marvel of animation or anything. Yeah, like no, that. it's not a it's not a hugely like visually stunning thing. You know, like some of the uh, other animated films we've seen. You know, there's no like Prince of Egypt parting the Red Sea moment. You know, where it's just this epic visual thing. I think the the one kind of thing that's close to that is is in the middle of the night when they raise the trees up and it creates this giant towering tree over the house. Yeah. That's pretty spectacular. But what I'm talking about is the the characters, especially the girls, are animated so well that they just seem natural. They just when they're at play, they move like little kids move and you know the the way that they interact with the world and you know the expressions on their faces when they see something simple but it's magical to them it's just an acorn you know uh, 
all of those things, those real subtleties. And that's what I like about Ghibli is, is they animate the subtleties so well. And, and that's what I'm talking about, really. You know, it wasn't, you know, anything that was, you know, so breathtaking visually that, you know, you, you would never forget it. It's just that they all moved so well. They all interacted with each other so well. And they interacted with their environment so well. And to me, that's the the, the hallmark of top-notch animation. You know, everything felt like it was actually in the world that it was supposed to be in. You know, actually rooted to the ground, interacting with the trees and plants around it or whatever, wherever, whatever scene they're in. And, you know, just feels like it exists. You know, you, it was all believable. So that's really what I, I mean by that. And and really, it, it's mostly about the girls because it all focuses around them. And, you know, the, the storytelling combined with the animation just made it all so real to me. And And that's really what I love most about this movie. And, you know, then you get to, you know, the fantasy elements. And I liked the way that they animated those as well. You know, the soot sprites are the first thing we see. And I think they did a cool... Um, visualization of that idea and and you know then we get into all the other magical creatures all the totoros and the way that they move which is in a totally different way and then the cat bus comes in and uh like to me just watching the cat bus move and interact with its world like that seems like one of the most challenging characters ever to animate with it's like 20 legs all going Mm -hmm. at once and it's you know it's weird like holes in itself windows and uh, i don't know like i I think that's pretty spectacular and uh, yeah i just again i think though this movie comes down to the subtleties and that's what i love most about it because it's really this movie isn't about plot it's about just this circumstance and this short season in these people's lives and that's it you know it's it's really just a a moment in time and uh, that's those those are really the biggest reasons why I love this movie. So okay. so for animation for me, I'm with you Gavin. Like I absolutely adore this animation, but I can go off of just the scenery alone yeah. is enough. Mm-hmm. Like I could leave that as a wallpaper or just my TV on and just watching Miyazaki's uh depiction Landscapes. landscape of yeah. Japan of where he grew up, it's enough. And then mm-hmm. you have to go into those special features also to appreciate it a little bit more because he's talking about where he grew up and then they also show an actress going through the places that he he drew and you can see mm-hmm. how exact those places are on screen. Right. So I think like even not talking characters but just visually the scenery is so stunning that this is probably one of my favorite animated Ghibli films. Right. Like I love mm-hmm. Ponyo because I love all the craziness of the ocean and all the, the sea creatures. But this one is so opposite from that. And then you got to figure the two movies that were before this were very fantasy driven and crazy, like floating mountains and castles in the sky. And this was so different just to like bring it back to Earth. I think there is something mm-hmm. special in that. And it's very familiar. I think when they go through the house the first time that they go in it, you really feel like you understand like the the mechanics of how the house works, like where the rooms are, like locale and I, I 
you all get the sliding doors. Yeah, well, and then when they go mm-hmm. into like the bathhouse and whatnot, yeah. like there, there is definitely a, an aspect of the the design work. I think, which uh, I almost think they probably spent more time on that than than anything else, just trying to get that right. But I think it because it was all drawn from personal influence. Um, I liked the like the the little like cut out in the trees like the tree tunnel, the tunnel. that that may goes through because mm-hmm. in my uh, at my mother's house it's surrounded by trees and there were some some of the uh, trees would have been so close that you would have had to crawl on the ground to go underneath branches because awesome. you wouldn't have been able to walk through them they literally would have held you in place so there was a, kind of that um nostalgic aspect like oh that's from my childhood so i think if anything for for me the the stylistically this this movie that's what i like best about this film yeah is actually the mm-hmm. the 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 backgrounds the scenery more than than anything else yeah well it, it's interesting you guys mentioned that because um the art director that miyazaki chose for this film his name is kazuo oga and he is actually credited with um, really creating a lot of the iconic look of Ghibli films. And this one kind of set the tone for a lot of the films after this. Um, and, you know, he he created so much beautiful artwork uh, for, this, for this studio and other studios. I'm just going to give you a list real quick of the movies some of the movies that he was either the art director for or key background artist for. And they're some of the most beautiful things ever created. So he worked on Princess Mononoke, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, Whisper of the Heart, Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust, which Liam mentioned yeah. earlier, Spirited Away, The Cat Returns, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, and a Josh favorite, Summer Wars. So the guy just creates beautiful art, you know, and, and he has left his mark uh, in the history of anime feature films you know like few other background artists do and uh yeah i i think the the environments and the landscapes in this are some of my very favorite oh yeah definitely like it, it definitely is you know it's a very pretty movie like mm-hmm. the, the landscapes and everything which ghibli doesn't usually have a problem doing right like, they usually have really good backgrounds mm-hmm. and visuals and I think, though, that that illustrates, no pun intended, the difference between <laughs> what you look for and I look for in a movie. And, you know, you're so much of a story guy. And this one doesn't have a lot of, you know, depth to its story. Yeah. It's like I said, it's just really just a slice of life kind of moment. And my primary thing that I look for in animation is beautiful artwork. So for me, this is just right off the bat automatically going to rank higher for me than it is for you. So it, it kind of makes sense. Um, so let's let's just talk about um, the story a little bit then, or the lack thereof. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about this as a story or as kind of a slice of life? Does it does it compel you guys? Like, do you find it all very interesting, or is it just like, oh, it's pretty artwork? I think it definitely hinges more on the artwork, but the story of these two little girls. You know, just living their day-to-day life as their mother is in the hospital. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's a heartbreaking story immediately. Like, they already get you because they talk about how they're moving because they need to be closer to the hospital. And then their father's a professor. So he's never around. Um, Well, he's around, but he's working. And then, you know, May has to go off with Granny, a new person she just met. And Satsuki has to go off to school. So that leaves May alone. But this really small part of their lives that they're showing 
you feel for them so much because they're just, you know, little girls who are trying to let their everyday life go on knowing that their mother is in the hospital. Like that that is mm-hmm. so sad to me and then I really wish I didn't read um that story. S- yes, yeah. somebody's like fan fiction or whatever oh, no, they it, they were trying to tie it to like a real life um like it was re- like a real life not not urban legend but like a story where like a girl went missing and mm-hmm. uh they're basically they were trying to say that like that real life story um, was the the basis for this. So it's, it's supposed to be that like the uh. two little girls were actually killed, kidnapped, and killed. Yeah, and the whole like mm-hmm. Totoro cat bus thing is like them having like last visions before their death type thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm really wow. 99.9% sure that Miyazaki would not yeah. have been like, you know what, we should turn into an animated no. film? That story. <laughs> it, it definitely like put a damper on that for me but but when you think about them trying to make up these well i'm assuming totoro's a part of you know their imagination i mean i obviously nobody else can mm-hmm. see them but in the song itself it says you only see him when you're very young that's because you still have an imagination because uh, mm-hmm. sad adults we just don't we can't see that stuff anymore so i love that that it, it's their you know their lives trying to fill in those pieces with something that you know will make them whole again and with that it's totoro it's the mini totoros it's a cat bus it's hearing that their mother can't come home because she's sick or that at least they think she's really sick so then you know may is lost and then Satsi calls on Totoro to help. So, I don't know. It's it's them coping with the situation they're in. So, it's a sweet, mm-hmm. sad story for the little bit of story that we do get. Yeah, no, it's the the theory is that uh, Totoro is actually the god of death. Uh. And that he is shepherding <laughs> mm-hmm. them to the other side. <laughs> like, that, like, Cat Bus is basically like the ferry that takes you across the River of the Dead. Horrible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't believe it just because there's never a point where the little girls have, like, pennies in their eyes. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. With this, um, with this one, uh, like I said, I, stylistically, I think the the scenery for this one is beautiful. Story wise, um, after the first time I watched this, this one is this one. It may be Tales of Earthsea are the two that I tune out the quickest. Like after the mm-hmm. intro song, I will pull out my phone and start looking for other things to do. I will still sit there so I can look up, like listen to the music and look up and watch the sceneries every now and again. But this story is not one that, that draws me in. And I remember very early on hearing that this was like, Oh, this is like Winnie the Pooh for Japanese kids. I was like, no, (laughs) Winnie the Pooh is Winnie the Pooh for Japanese kids because Winnie the Pooh is one of the greatest (laughs) stories of all time. This, it's a story of a man named Brady. (laughs) That's (laughs) hilarious. Well, uh, the, the, you guys, talked about something that that kind of hits on the way that I sometimes interpret this story. I almost feel like all of the fantasy elements in this movie are a psychological defense mechanisms that the kids are creating in their heads. I don't think the mother is ultimately okay. I feel like they're they're almost having a break from reality and you know like the the big indicator of that to me, is that that event that happens in the middle of the night when they're trying to grow the trees from the acorns and they see the Totoro and the two little Totoros doing a little dance around it and they go out and help them and they raise up this giant, enormous, fantastic tree. But then when they wake up in the morning, it's just, you know, a couple of them have sprouted. Mm -hmm. So to me, that indicates that, oh, this is all in their heads. 
And especially that, that final deluding moment when the cat bus takes them and they don't actually speak with their mother, but they just see her through the window and they're like, oh, she's laughing. She's okay. And they just assume that's cool. And then they, you know, go back. And to me, I just feel like that's a possible interpretation of this story. And it makes it really sad. So I don't like to think about it that way all the time. But I, I think it's it's interesting enough and it's layered enough that you can come up with multiple interpretations of it. Um, so for me, that, that makes it interesting. Um, you know, Miyazaki has said that this is partially autobiographical. Um, so like there's a couple elements in it that are, um, you know, like the hospital that the mother is in, which is a word I probably can't pronounce. <laughs> it's the Shichikokuyama I think that's how you say it. Shichikokuyama Hospital um, is a tuberculosis hospital. And that's actually where Miyazaki's mother spent several years uh, when he was younger. So uh, there are just a couple elements like that that, you know, he reflected in this story. And, you know, it's in post-war Japan. And a lot of people had to deal with, you know, radiation, sickness and leukemia and, you know, things like that for many, many years after that. Uh, you know, the horrible events of that time period. And so to me, I see this as more of a tragedy than anything. So uh, to me, I think you're delving a little bit too deep into this. Children's <laughs> I might be. I might be. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's ba- like then th- you can kind of do. Well, I mean, it's not. I guess this would deal with death. But then, because, like, if we think about, um, like, Spirited Away, it deals with prostitution. Mm-hmm. We talk about Mononoke and its deforestation. Mm-hmm. So there's always an underlying theme. Sure. I don't know what this would be. Like, I think this theme would be coping. Yeah. Whereas, like, Grave of the Fireflies would be death. And right. the eventuality of death. Mm-hmm. Whereas this would just be your coping mechanism. Yeah. For everything. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I, I think you're right, Josh. And ultimately... This is really just about kids being kids. You know, we fantasize and we see magical creatures where there are none and things like that. Um, you know, I, I just listened to a really great review uh, on another podcast of Toy Story 3. And they talked about the opening scene of Toy Story and the opening scene of Toy Story 3. You know, Toy Story opens with Andy playing with all his toys and you see it like you would as a third person of a kid playing with their toys and you're like, what are they picturing in their head, you know? It's just like a cardboard box and some toys. But then in Toy Story 3, we get to see it from the kid's perspective and like it's this epic insane opening with you know crazy special effects and it's not toys at all. It's like real things happening and and so to me, that's that's kind of a good example of, of what we might be seeing in Totoro. And we're just seeing inside the huge imaginations of little kids. And on that level, it's it's quite magical. It's, it's neat to see. Or hear me out here. With this <laughs> no. one, it's more about lies. Because May drowns. They find the no. sandal. Sasuke, Sasuke uh, lies <laughs> and says, oh, this isn't May's sandal. And then runs off trying to find Totoro, uh, a.k.a. the god of death is fairy to find a dead May, and then at the end they see the mom notices them only because she's at death's door and then that finally final scene you don't see that may or um sasuke was it sasuke satsuki neither of them have shadows because they're both dead 
That's because they didn't animate Shadow. <laughs> and this, <laughs> no, actually, that, no, that. Well, no, did did dark. Kanta die too? Because he's in the post credit scene See, with them a couple times. Oh yeah, because See, this he is why because he's he's fantasizing that the, his children are still alive. Because this guy has now gone insane. No, 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 no. the the little boy. Oh, yeah, because he's Kantu. he's in those scenes. No, he's fantasizing as well because he's just like, oh, I just met these girls and now they're both dead, but I can't cope with this and now I'm insane. Anyway, and this is why you're wrong, is because of the ending animation. When they're going through the credits, they're showing the mother does come home from the hospital. And obviously that doesn't mean that everything's okay because it is a long-term illness. That just means she finally gets to come home and be at home. Or or (laughs) that's the the coping mechanism for the girls, and this is their new heaven reality – where they're reunited with their mom because in the in those scenes it's mainly the two girls and the mom mm-hmm. the dad's only there for like one scene when he brings them home like mm-hmm. brings her home and then it's just the mom and the girls and then uh Satsuki changes her outfit Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's her new heavenly garb maybe. for her new reality. Yeah, and the da- she no longer has to wear a dress. She gets to wear that cool onesie. The dad bringing them home is actually the, the dad just burying them in a graveyard. Oh, so. my God. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. In the backyard. He brought, the, he brought them all yeah, together. Exactly. In the backyard the... of the house. So that's why. And then you see Cat Bus running rampant because Cat Bus is insane as well. No, that what I was spouting is very much that. Well, no, because, I mean, like, uh, everyone is always dying. So he's constantly <laughs> he's like, oh my God. bringing people to like, Would you guys so. eat some vitamin C or something? Like, come on. Take a take some emergency, <laughs> and all the and all those little dead kids that they're oh playing with at the end. You know, mm-hmm, all those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you guys are horrible. Um, but no, that that's honestly uh. that's the prevailing fan theory, which like the like Studio Ghibli has shot down multiple times. Yes. And he's literally been like, "Would you stop repeating this? It's not, it's not the case that, at that. all." But it's actually because apparently this takes place in the Sayama Hills, and there was the Sayama incident. I had to look it up because I didn't remember yes. what it was called. But it is it was like a urban legend where two girls went missing, and so like mm-hmm. that's why they and that incident happened well, in May, and Satsuki means May, May in Japanese, yeah. and then they're May is May. the Japanese May. spelling and pronunciation of the. Um, of the month of May, which in J- Japanese culture, April is, I guess, when their school year starts. So they call it like the May like doldrums because it's like yeah. your second month in of school, and like that's when all the like the new and excitingness wears off, and you're kind of like, oh, we're stuck in school, and I guess like the suicide rate increases. Oh, yeah. So like there is like wow. this, there is actually like some fact to support this wild fan theory but that doesn't make it true yeah. it just means that there's a lot of circumstantial evidence and i think miyazaki yeah. wanted to stray away from that because he originally wanted this to be one little girl i'm sure it's miyazaki and not Miyazaki. oh my, oh, my mind is blown <laughs> the layers are endless anyway um he it was originally going to be just satsuki or maybe just may yeah and um it took 15 years to write this story, like to finally get it out. It took him 15 years, and he realized, nope, she needs a she needs a friend. And probably coming off of like all these stories, like I mean, right. he just made it even more real, putting another girl in there. But right. who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. it was after hearing stories like well, that. I mean, th- that that makes sense that it was only one girl because in the photo, like in like the like the poster for it, it's Totoro, and but it's May wearing Satsuki's dress. But it's May with her pigtails. Yeah. But it's like an older May. Hmm. Yeah, so she it's has weird. like side, like little braid pigtails. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was the original it's, it's... character. Yeah, yeah I, I, I looked at that looked and I was up. like, "Wait a minute, this is not, this is not right." <laughs> How do you not update this no. poster? <laughs> What's wrong? That's a lot of work. I know, it's like, do something. Come on. <laughs> they hand draw these things. Eleven. No. 
It's been like, what, 13 years? Update the post. <laughs> Seriously. So one of you mentioned the music. I think it was Liam. So I do want to hit on the music a little bit. I kind of dig it. It's a weird, like there's a lot of synthesizer going on and it's, you know, kind of poppy, kind of traditional, kind of old school. I don't know. It's got a weird vibe to it. It's very 80s and I dig it. But it always, there are moments where I'm like, whoa, this is a weird sound for this, <laughs> you know, to be the main theme of these soot sprites. Uh, what do you, what do you guys, what's your take on the music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's literally, they're just, they're, they're using like the modulator on the side of their Casio keyboard. So like they hit three <laughs> right. notes in this way. <laughs> so they're just modulating it like a half step up and half step down. I thought that was fun because you don't, you can't really tie that to anything else. Like yeah. I only see that as a soot sprite noise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tie it to yeah. Thor Ragnarok well, now because but Thor Ragnarok just came out. No, no, it's true though. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I only see that as a soot sprite sound, but the music is beautiful. I think, and that's the fun thing about the Ghibli films is they don't have to have like ten songs throughout the film that is constantly changing. It basically just the one. Yeah, they, song. The one, yeah, the they, one thing. and they do a lot of return to theme, and I think that's because they want to build the familiarity. They do it so much, like in in Ponyo as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you very much have a certain sequence of notes that you identify with a particular character, typically with the the lead character. So I think they utilize that a lot. The freaking Totoro song is sung by. Um, well, that's uh, the Sasuke's new... mom in Ponyo, where she where she says the one that the happy ass can oh, yeah, be. Like she actually sings that, in... that line mm-hmm. from the Totoro song. Yeah, they're so. good with Easter eggs, also. Yeah. just like Disney is. I feel like Ponyo was kind of a repeat of this soundtrack. Yes, like the Ponyo song is very much like the Totoro song. And oh my I, god! I, I don't yeah. know when I when I saw Ponyo, I was like, wait, they've already done this soundtrack. It's called Totoro. Uh, yeah, it's the same um, was a composer. Or who? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done pretty much all. Of the Ghibli yeah. films, so yeah, makes sense. He just sits around his Casio, going, yeah, "Now these two notes." <laughs> hey, he seems like a cool guy. I, I like the uh, I like the opening number and the opening sequence. It kind of reminds me of the opening of Robin Hood, where it's just kind of a little side-scrolling thing, and you just get to hear the song and and see a couple of the characters walk through. I kind of like that because it's different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, but that's that. That is the that is uh, it's genius for a composer to do that because you will always identify hearing certain notes with that particular film and you know like mm-hmm. we're Brittany and I are huge Marvel fans and everybody always complains about like Marvel um, uh, soundtracks not being as memorable because like if you think of the Batman theme like everybody knows the Batman theme you could have never right. seen Batman your entire life and you would still know the Batman theme because bats will right. sing it in the cave that you live in you know like. <laughs> There, I mean, there are definitely certain soundtracks, but like even right now, like everybody knows the Avengers theme because you've heard it a billion times with all the the trailers and the TV spots. So it's like a good composer knows how to how to um, continue to repeat that so that it is ingrained mm-hmm. in your memory, so that when you think of those notes or you think of that film, there's always the correlation. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'm not a famous musician. I never figured that out. So. <laughs> figure it out. Uh, figure it out. I'm figuring it out. What about you, Josh? Did you notice the music in this? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, just the theme yeah. that was throughout the whole entire mm-hmm. movie. I like that. Um, Did you I like, like the it when they do that? I'm, I'm not a fan of like the you know the 38,000 songs. That's not my. It's not my cup of tea. Right, except for your name, which has 38,000 songs, but they're all great. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, Your Name only has like five songs in it. Well, and they repeat the songs. A yeah, times. there's some repeats. You know, I can, right. Yeah, like you have you have the one uh, uh, the Zin Zin Zin, which is in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have it's like the orchestra, like uh, the orchestral theme is throughout. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah, throughout, yeah. I agree with that. I was just thinking one time that it doesn't work is Top Gun, where they just keep saying, <laughs> take my breath away, and Danger Zone, like, on repeat the entire time. And well, that's different. That is well, that's, the actual song. Like, I literally... Well, that's Whisper of the Heart, too, because it's just Country Roads, and it's a different rendition of Country Roads each time. <laughs> and nice. that's all that that movie is. Yeah. Like, it we starts off with it. Country Road, and I think... I can't. I think it's Madonna that sings it. It's really weird. Ooh. And then you're like, okay, sure, why not? And then it's they sing Country Road, and then Country Road is brought up again and again and again. <laughs> they play it like on their instruments, and I'm mm-hmm. like, what is this? That's why weird. the John Denver like. I haven't seen that movie mind. in a long time. I had to rewatch it. We haven't watched that one yet. Which but one? Uh, oh, like, it's so good. Heart. It's one of my favorites. Oh, we have it yeah, on like, VHS too, don't we? No, we don't have it. We don't have whisper. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I want to see when, it. Like, cause like when when I first watched it, because I was watching it for Cat Returns, because uh, I wanted to have like the both in there. So I was watching it, and I was like, "Wait, did Disney just go and you know just throw a John Denver song in here just <laughs> to throw a John Denver song in here? <laughs> was it too like? Are they trying to like westernize it? And then, like, that is the whole entire theme. Like, Country Road is the theme of the movie. And I was like, oh, I guess not. I guess it's it's a real thing. Yep, that's what it is. I just want to hear the Atari's version of uh, Boys of Summer now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Who who wants to to hear that version? Me. It's it's the best version. (laughs) No. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, I saw a Black Flag sticker on a Cadillac yeah, instead of one. a Deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Yeah, that one is the best version. I was thinking the opposite. Oh, God, no. No, the original <laughs> like, no, version is terrible. You want to fall asleep? Yeah, the visual. I'm sorry, John Denver fans, but no. Um, Atari's did a way better version. <laughs> yes, they did. Nice. So we've talked music, we've talked story, we've talked scenery. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys want to talk, like, ranking on this one? Like, where does this one sit uh, in, like, the pantheon of your... Let's. Let's let's rank it here, and then we'll rank the Ghiblies. Okay, so ra- yeah, so yeah, rate it, rate yeah, this, we, and then rank. Yeah, we'll do a rate and then a rank. Yeah, we reviewed. We got a rate, so, rank. Rate, rank. <laughs> I, I do want to throw in one more thing just before we move on. Uh, the other distinction that I think this film has is that it basically created Studio Ghibli's Mickey Mouse. You know, Totoro has become the avatar of the studio. It's their logo. It's what Miyazaki sees as the symbol of the company because the idea of Totoro is is wrapped up in so much imagination. And I think he's the perfect flag bearer for the studio. And especially in Japanese culture, he's as recognized as any other character in animation the world over. So um, I think that's a really cool thing um, that he's become so symbolic of the studio. And he's an icon that's recognized throughout the world. And, you know, the Ghibli studio is so respected that um, Totoro makes appearances in Toy Story 3. Um, he makes appearances in all kinds of things, um, you know, animated movies from around the world. So I think that's really cool. He's kind of their Mickey Mouse in a way. And uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Totoro. Isn't it interesting, too, that like 
Mickey Mouse was so widely uh, um, uh, acclaimed when he was first released and Totoro wasn't. So the fact that it was like a slow mm-hmm. build for him to be so iconic right. is almost it's, it's almost uh, more intriguing because it wasn't just, oh, we released it and it was a smash they hit. Of course, know. he's the symbol of Mi- it. Miyazaki had right. said yeah. he did not see this movie being as big as it is. And he didn't see Totoro becoming the you know picture character of all Studio Ghibli. Right. But it did. That's just what happened. And mm-hmm. what do you guys see when you look at Totoro? What, what does he look like to you? He's a rabbit. Okay, so, a bear rabbit. so here's my thing. He's a bear rabbit. I did not care about Totoro at all. <laughs> The whole entire movie. Dead inside. No, I mean, like, I love Winnie the Pooh, and that's what I grew up with. I'm sure if I would have grown up with this big fur thing, I'm sure I would have been my, you know, it would have been my thing as well. But, like, just watching this, I was like, what's the whole point? Like, I, I, I was watching not understanding what everybody loved it. It's like, yeah, it's big and furry. Is that why people love it? Yeah, yeah. And he's magical. He's cute. That, 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 is that the only reason? He flies on that cool top that he whips yeah. out there. Oh yeah, the random top. Yeah, he has a, I was like, oh yeah, I have this top. It's an umbrella. Like, like, why not? The fact that he like can pop up when he wants to, when he wants the kids to see him. You know, he has an mm-hmm. army of miniature versions of, of himself, himself that just disappear and reappear. <laughs> that can like wheel. phase into and things. One of them that has like a turnip bag. We don't know why. Well, just thing, it. It's not an army if you've got two. <laughs> That we've seen. That we've seen, dude. That we've seen. <laughs> Think about it. I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, this is, he's what? He, like, he's in the movie for about as long as Marlon Brando is in Superman. Like right. for me, like he's hardly in the movie at all. Which is yeah. He's, he's like, oh my gosh, Totoro. Like I thought the whole movie was going to be like Totoro's like with these girls the entire time. Right. And then I watch him. I'm like. He's in there for like ten minutes. And <laughs> no, dude, he's he's like, like he's yeah, like the whatever. Thanos of the MCU before Infinity yeah, yeah. War, where he just randomly pops up. You know, and you're you like, want him, you want more. He is, he is. <laughs> and he says about as much as Thanos does before Infinity War. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. That was interesting to me. The first time I watched Totoro, the sounds that came out of him, I was not expecting. Yeah, like, at yeah. all. Exactly, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's great." It's like, no, that guy sounds. Scary. It sounds like he's gonna eat these poor children. <laughs> right? Doesn't that feed into that fan theory even more? Because like, no. if, if Christopher Robin ran up to Winnie the Pooh and was like, "Oh hi, Pooh Bear," and Pooh was just like, <laughs> "Like you just go, oh, all right." Well, I mean, That's technically, different. Christopher Robin owned Winnie the Pooh, so it's whatever voice he wants Winnie the Pooh to have. No, I, I, I know. But I'm just saying, like, if that was the response with like these little <laughs> girls, like, I mean, it'd be very different if they were like, "What's your name?" and he was like, "My name is Totoro." You'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And so he's. <laughs> I'm glad that it, it is what it is, though. Like, and that's what I thought. Like, I thought Totoro was going to be like, "Oh, yes, I'm Totoro," you know, something <laughs> like that. Not just rar. Like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Well, it is Frank. I like that he's more of a mute character as far as dialogue goes, because you just have to kind of uh, see the intent in his actions. You know, you can see that he's playful. Like when he figures out the that the rain dropping out of the tree is a bigger drop, so it makes a cool noise on his umbrella, and he's like, hmm, how can I ramp this up? And he just jumps up in the air and shakes the ground so that all the water falls out of the trees. I love he's that. also kind of creepy. Yeah, the eyes <laughs> and the, <laughs> the, the dead, like, the dead like smile. When, like when he just, when, when he gets on the cat bus and he's just like smiling like, hmm, and it like goes away. It was, I'm like, no. This guy gives me nightmares. I think it's a good example I'm of a semi-grown adult. the semi. general differences in 
the things that we find aesthetically pleasing in the East versus the West. You know, they have a different set of symbolism and iconography that they've grown up grown up with and and you know over generations the ideas of fantasy creatures are very different in the east than they are here so well no it, i'm talking about the people here that love totoro i know i and know that's what i'm like we're, we're, we're weirdos that's what i i think is and that's part of the reason why he's kind of the symbol of the company though is because for some reason he works and more often than not people find him totally lovable. You think it's maybe it's that cultural appropriation we're just like they love them so we love them you know kind of same thing like bands will get popular in Japan two years after it's been popular here because they're like Americans love this crap now we love this crap because <laughs> I, I looking at the Ghibli logo that looks fine mm-hmm. like that profile shot I'm mm-hmm. cool with that like that's a cool looking Totoro but then watching him in the movie I'm like I don't know where the love for that came from like it looks nothing like I think it's the idea of a giant big menacing character who's actually totally soft and lovable and helpful and protecting. Mm-hmm. I guess, but I mean like if you're going to do it like if he would have been a mute character and he didn't have a mouth mm-hmm. and his stupid whiskers which are the exact same whiskers as Catbus. <laughs> like literally, it's yeah. the same whiskers. It even has that one little mini whisker on the well, right hand side. It comes from the that same kid's imagination. So I guess well right, I mean right. I guess it is death so I mean yeah. right <laughs> death in its many death, forms death boat okay let's go ahead and rate this film uh, guests first so Gavin <laughs> oh yeah I, I, I kind of am the guest now <laughs> I'll start it off we'll do a Cloud City sandwich um, so for me this has always been one of my very favorite Ghibli films for the longest time it was my top film. But I think it may have slipped to number two for me right now. In any case, I still give this one five Jiminy Crickets out of five. I love it. Um, for me, it's one of their best. Nice. Brittany? All right. So I'm going to piggyback that. It is totally five out of five for me. It's in my top three Ghibli films. Um it took me a while to see this one. I think I watched it a few years ago. Well, at least within the last five years, I think I watched it for the first time. Um, but instantly fell in love with it. Just scenery enough. I don't even need a story. I don't need to. I don't even need to see Totoro. I can just watch the scenery of Japan, and that's five out of five for me. Mm-hmm. But everything on top of that just makes it even better. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with a four clouds on this one um, because it does not sit in my top three uh, with Studio Ghibli. But uh, I like the, I like I love the scenery. I like the music. The characters are okay. Totoro is a lot of fun, but I think I actually the morbid side of me kind of <laughs> likes the whole God of Death idea behind it because it does um, elevate the theme. Who did I marry? Oh, I know, I know. But I but I like the wheels within wheels storytelling. You know, I like yeah. when there's more going on than what it seems. So like Josh, you kind of hinted at it earlier like we're you know, we're adults trying to force too much into like what is a kid's yeah. I, ideally it's a kid's story of just like here's two kids that are bored playing and imagines a giant bear rabbit cat thing and a cat bus and that's how they cope so i mean like yeah on the surface that's probably what it is but i like the um well that's levels. your imagination yeah, so that's my, where you take yeah, it yeah my that's imagination cool. takes it in a totally terrible direction so yeah uh long-winded answer yeah I, i'd give it four but it would probably still sit in, like in my top five it's probably like four or five just right outside the top three josh 
<laughs> he was going to give it like a one, and now he feels like a dummy. Well, I was gonna give it. A, I, I was hey, gonna give it a two. It, it, it's your opinion. You're, it's valid. If it's, if it's you wrong, think, but it's valid. <laughs> if you think it's a three point five, that's okay. Uh, no, the, I don't use points. I'm not a buster. <laughs> Round it up to a four then. Um, <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're like, not a buster, but you add like uh, five in yeah, one. I'm about to say he's like, well, my number one's actually a seventeen way tie. Let me tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's not a point system. No. I'm not using halves or decimals. No, it, couldn't leave them it's, out. It's awarding first prize yeah. to every movie you've ever seen. Yeah, good, <laughs> good balance, Josh. No, but really, like, how yeah, how tried. low would this one rate for you? God, uh, I didn't care for the story. Um, visually, it was it was all right. Um, still not visually the best Ghibli movie I've seen. Um, if we if we're talking landscapes, I like the cityscapes in something like um, where the wind rise or not wind rises. Uh, what's the name of that stupid movie? Whisper of the Heart. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I like I like the cityscapes in that. John one Denver better. returns. Oh yeah, my, my, so my, my, my neighbor John They're Denver. So <laughs> um, I, uh, Rip I the bandit off, man! Just do it. It's a. Th- Three dipper pond. Oh, you're lying. It was a two. You want to give it a two? It's a two dipper pond. <laughs> yeah. If, to me, it, it wasn't anything where I was like, eh. Like, the first thing you said, you're like, you're not going to like this because it doesn't have a romance. And the moment I saw the little boy, I was like, oh, there is not going to be oh, a yeah, romance, she, you say. He, he built a whole romance into that. And then it just well, like, you know, was it? I did. Yeah. I did. I first, first of all, there are ten. Like so I didn't there's... care halfway through the movie about the romance. That's how right. bad it was. I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. That's what. Because well, it wasn't, wasn't a that kind of sweet though. Like this little boy who sees them and very much acts like a little boy would with a little girl who's like, ew, girls right. coming, in, you know, living next to me now, gross. But then he goes on to give them the umbrella. Like he has those little smirks mm-hmm. when they come over to the house, and you know, the granny's like, who was that? And he's, you know, just smirk. Um, obviously, there's uh, some sort of budding relationship there. Oh no, yeah, they'll get married later and have you know, have at least two kids. It'll be great. But I didn't no really like. In this I, one. I, I, was, I, I I started shipping it, and I was like, yeah, cool. This this will be what I'm you know catching. And then I like halfway through, I was just like. Yeah, I don't really care about this anymore. But see, that's the problem. You, you would have to have like eight more films because <laughs> they're ten. So right. <laughs> she won't she won't realize it until they're fourteen, and he won't realize it until they're seventeen. Yep. Oh no, so, he's already there. He's already there. I don't know. I, yeah, no, he's got the crush, but the crush will turn into something more, and it'll. But there, it'll it'll do that he, classic uh, trope where they'll be best friends mm. and best friends never yeah, he'll always like, be friend zoned really hardly ever right. he's yeah. friend zoned I, I legitimately was going to make the joke like Josh didn't like this because there weren't enough shirtless 12 year old boys in it <laughs> and like then he literally goes through telling like that like he's shirtless like half the time what are you talking about <laughs> no, there, there wasn't enough of them there needed to be more shirtless 12 year old boys no that Josh, Josh needs a romance in in every film. And, and like, hey, if that's your thing, like, that's if your that's, thing. If that's what he looks for, but it's, it's funny that that, but you that gotta, was exactly. But you got to think about that story. It is still a sweet story when May is lost, and his. I'm gonna hop on this bike to go find her at the hospital. Like the the little love that is there, the care. Even though he's trying to show throughout mm-hmm. the whole film that I don't 
like girls or care about you guys but he immediately jumps on his bike and you know rides it sideways it's really cute how he rides his bike what if what if it was like cat bus had a crush on totoro and was like i will ferry these kids to the land of the dead because i'll do anything for you and then totoro has to save cat is totoro is totoro a girl or is totoro a boy i assume boy is a boy i assume totoro is a boy i see i I kind of read them all as all the fantasy creatures as boys. Okay, because I I know Catbus was a boy because we see Catbits. You do Do? when he's running up on the telephone wires. This is this is a weird movie where they're like, let's show naked butts, uh, let's show (laughs) bloomers, let's show uh, uh, cat testes. That's what they like. They're just like, go for it. There is that one because like it's it's a scene where like Catbus like goes over. Like it's like a overshot. We're looking it up. <laughs> We're looking it up. Yeah, right it's got the little W. And you're wow. like, oh, there it is. That's oh, got that, the interesting cat, shot. Cat yep. boy, cat bus. cat bus is a cat boy. Cat boys. I, I always find it interesting when they're in the bath scene together too. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, for that, those for those at uh, home, I'm showing through our video chat the cat balls. <laughs> but I'm glad balls. that they made that apparent though. They're like, he's a boy. That's yeah, but funny. why can't Totoro and Catbus both be boys? They could still be in well, love. No, I, I, that, that's what I was. Ju- that's what I was just wondering. Like, are they both boys? Because it's the eighties, and I don't know. That just seemed like maybe it was homosexuality more a, existed in the eighties. I know it too, but it wasn't. It wasn't as widely animated. As animated, yeah. Way to go, Miyazaki, for being the first. So when I when I when I went to type in Catbus balls in a Google search, it pulled up Catbus balls toddler costume. What? <laughs> yeah. It's not doing it now, but it did it the first time, and I was like, "What? Why is that? A, why is that even a search?" So that's hilarious. that's Remy's new costume for Halloween, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, stop this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Make sure your safe search. Yeah, is turn on, that safe search back on. Lord, <laughs> awesome. All right. Hilarious. So, uh, all right. So, are we ready to rank this? Yeah. We, are, are we going to sandwich again? Yeah, I think we kind of yeah, alluded what, to what it. Are we, what are we going to rank first. exactly? Oh my goodness, what is my you're ranking it with your GDU, GDU Ghibli film? Because you said this was number oh my, two, like right? my top five Ghibli. Your top or? five. Oh, I didn't know we were doing that. So that means Josh played the little sound clip that we haven't used in like eight months. Now? No, no, no. Now? <laughs> no, now? No, right now? On three. One, two. Wait. <laughs> one, two. One, two, three. three, and then we oh, go, wait. or one, two, and then on wait. three we go. I think we one, two, three, and then we go. We are not too old for this, Shiz. <laughs> and now, for another top five. All right, Gavin, so what you got? Uh, Hank, give me a minute. I did not know we were doing this. Oh, Nobody okay. told well, me we were I guess doing Gavin's, you know, going to be a Busta. So, uh, Liam, busta. what you, you got? A busta for not I love that. I love that Busta is like your... Uh, yeah, Britney's Britney's up here. Um, okay, so oh, is is that what we're doing? We're just gonna wait. Uh, let's no, just no. Wait. So let's take, a, let's just take a minute. No, because I can I I can do mine pretty um pretty easily because it can be off the top of my head. Well, no, because with with Studio Ghibli, there um I feel like there there are a lot of um there are a lot of movies that are like the high ranking ones for me, and then there's ones that I'm kind of like I I almost never choose to watch that particular movie you know what i mean um and mm-hmm. i think for me like the top ones are usually like the more kiddish which was which was odd for me when i was really ranking them because i thought the more adult themed ones would probably rank a little bit higher like the wind rises and from up on poppy hill 
uh, Princess Mononoke. Like I kind of was assuming, oh yeah, those ones will probably be the top. But for me, I I, I, I think the 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 upper echelon ones are going to be more of the the kiddish. Uh, do you want me to just go start from five? We'll round table five. Yeah, five, yeah, five, uh, yeah. Let's do five to one. So Liam will go five to one. I'll do mine, and then the other two. Uh, should let's be... do. We can, we can do round table. I'm ready. Oh, we're gonna round table. Yeah. So we'll all do our fives, and then I'll do our fours, and blah blah blah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So for me, this this one would be five. So Totoro would rank um, at number five. Mostly, it's the scenery that really does it for me, um, above and beyond anything else. But yeah, this one would be a, a, a solid fifth place for me. Am I going next? I guess so. All right. Yeah, go All for right. it. So number five for me would be Howl's Moving Castle. How dare you? Hey, it's top five. <laughs> That's huge. And I have a feeling I'm missing something right now. I just tried to do a quick top five. So you're lucky Howl's is even in there. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> it could be something else. Hilarious. All right. My number five is just like Brittany's Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. That That is actually the very first... Uh, Ghibli movie I ever saw and blew me away and it made me watch everything else that I could find of theirs so it's a good I think that's a good starter Ghibli movie Mm -hmm. like it really did the trick for me and I can see how it would it kind of gives you a little bit of everything that's great about Ghibli Um, all kinds of fantasy all kinds of adventure but some heart and some good storytelling some weird characters and we like, get turnip heads amazing. Yeah, turnip heads awesome. And we get calcifer, <laughs> like the idea of yeah. calcifer, the, the little story behind the heart is a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I just love it so much. Okay. Yeah. All right, Josh. Um, my number five is going to be Castle in the Sky. Nice. Um, of the uh, Ghibli films with castles in them, uh, this one is the better for me. Which nice. it's one of those like I think I said like I want to watch uh, Howl's Moving Castle again, mm-hmm. just because yeah. I mean watched it that one time it was what, almost a year ago. More that than I that. watched it, it's been a while. Yeah. So that was wait what that was one of our test episodes. Was Howl's one of our yeah? Tests? So oh, it was. So yeah, it was more way than more than yeah, like a year. So eight yeah, ago. I, I would like to watch it again just to you know. Yeah. Maybe I missed something on it. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a bad day for Josh. I don't know, but I'd like to watch it again. I think you'll appreciate cool. the but, love so, yeah, story. Yeah, right now, Castle. Like the main, the kind of a, a love story in there. So I think you would. Like I it I I didn't I didn't like that she was an old biddy. Oh, but <laughs> but that was cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I didn't like her her face whenever she went like gotcha. that. Like that, just like yeah, it's a very it was not Ghibli my thing. thing. Like the exactly. yeah, they like yeah. animating all the separate teeth and making a big. Very toothy mouth. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, that was not my thing. I was like, okay, yeah, it's all right. That's funny. <laughs> all right, Liam, what's next? All right, so um, for number four, uh, I'm going to go with the borrowers. Are there's the secret world of Arietti or the borrower Arietti? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I I don't know. It's weird. I've always liked the whole like the Little dynamic. <clears throat> no, the dynamic between like people that could exist very like in a very small miniaturized version of our world. Like, you know, even when I was a kid, like, I always thought Thumbelina was, like, a really cool story, you know? Um, what was that? What, um, uh, the Rainforest movie. What is that one called? <coughs> Fern, Fern Gully. Gully. Thank oh, you. I, was like the I love Fern Gully. Like, I always thought that was such Avatar. a fun movie uh, when I was a kid. And maybe that's why, like, I've always enjoyed Ant-Man as a character. Yeah. Like, a person that can dive Shake. between both worlds. And then once he could go giant size, I was like, oh, but I like when you were small. Giant they're weird. Um, but that, I don't know, I, I kind of, <laughs> I, I dug that movie, and I thought that it was a very, 
um, well-animated film. The dynamic between the family members was fantastic. Um, the really creepy, like, Woodson Savage kid was a lot of fun. I really liked oh, him. Oh, yeah. Um, and it kind of has like a bittersweet ending, so I don't know. I like, I like. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that the two of them never got together. That kind of hurt me. <laughs> Big <Sorry>. surprise. <laughs> yeah, like we're yeah, seeing a the, theme what, here. The eldest daughter from Good Luck Charlie and oh, the eldest yep. son from Wizards Waverly, of Waverly Place, Place yep. never got together. Recycled character or actors. Disney, yep. hey, Disney canon. This is true. And the dad is somebody, isn't Will Arnett? The dad. It might be. I think yeah. Dad, yeah. Heck yeah. That was, that was a good one. Now he's Batman all the time. Nice. BMO. <laughs> okay, number four. Kiki's Delivery Service. And the reason this one is in top five, because that was the first Ghibli movie I've ever seen. So I nice. love Kiki's. The uh, Anything with a witch, I enjoy. Um, Gigi is so fun. And who's the voice actor for Gigi? Oh, it's... um Such a random voice, uh, but it works. No. I can't even think of his name. Um, I'll look it up. I love everything about it. The scenery in that one. That's kind of my go-to with Studio Ghibli. If it looks gorgeous, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. And every single Ghibli film is gorgeous. And Kiki is an, yep. is one on the waterfront. I uh, You'll see with my number one, I love anything that has to do with water. So that's my go-to. Kiki's. Nice. Sweet. Well, I have a, a guess that uh, my number one, or my number four is... Maybe you're number one. So my number four is Ponyo. Uh, yep. And uh, I uh, I love it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it is such a wonderful, um, just imaginative, amazing movie. I used to imagine what it would be like uh, if my house filled up with water and I could swim through it. So all of those scenes where, you know, the waters have risen and they're like, they like stick their heads in the water, like out the front porch and they look at like something swimming through their front gate in their front yard. Like I had those kind of visions in my head when I was a kid. So it really resonated with me uh, watching all those types of scenes. And Ponyo's just so adorably you know, wide-eyed and full of wonder, and I just, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic movie. It's Phil Hartman. Uh, okay. Yeah, Phil Hartman was GG. Nice. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, my number four is also Ponyo. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad Ponyo's in the top fives for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, is it back to me? Yes. All right, yep. number, three number three for me, <clears throat> pardon me, was Spirited Away. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think this might have been my first Studio Ghibli film mm-hmm. was Spirited Away. But I don't I don't fully remember the very first time I watched that. I remember the time I watched it with you. Mm-hmm. So if that's not my first one, then Ponyo was actually my first one. But I'm 99% sure that Spirited Away was my first one. I loved it. I loved the, the visual stylings of it. The story was a lot of fun. Haku is great. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. The fact that, like we talked about earlier with like the recycled characters, how literally like the villain and then also the old lady that helps her, they're like, oh, it's my twin sister. Yeah. Like, well, that made that, the same character. that made that super easy. <laughs> um, I, I like the, the giant fat baby getting turned into like a hamster. Like, yes. I don't know. Just It was a lot of fun. I, I liked Spirited Away. Awesome. All right. Good pick. What are we on? Three? Three. Okay. So three, yep. Totoro. Um, it made the top three. Nice. We already just talked about it, so we can past it yeah <laughs> nice Gav. uh my number three is princess mononoke mm. uh i think it's probably stylistically like from a design perspective their sharpest film 
Um, I love all of the character design, all of the environment design. It's it's a perfect film. Uh, I think it's just exquisite. And, the, so. and that the main guy basically turns into Venom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, the only problem I have with it is the Disney uh, voice cast, which is pretty yeah, bad. It's not is that oh, is Bill, that Billy Bob? Um, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, Bob? Billy Bob oh, Thornton the ruins the entire movie. I, 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 if I watch it by myself without Josh, I only watch it subtitled. Is it? Because he's terrible. And Claire Danes, it sounds like they made her stand like in a corner so she couldn't <laughs> see any people. She has the most like deadpan delivery throughout <laughs> yeah. the entire that, film. No, that's just that's just Claire Danes. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, oh god, yeah, she's not one of my. <laughs> yeah, favorites. you don't. Really but yeah, enjoy no. Her. <laughs> but it, but isn't it like Billy Crudup? Isn't he the the main boy? that one yeah i think he's yeah actually and, I, and yeah. I love him like he's he's a I great liked actor the the lady too what's her jane what's the voice of from jane from tarzan oh um uh, what i can't remember mini driver mini driver yeah mini driver yeah she's mm-hmm. also in goodwill hunting yeah yes yeah yeah i liked mini her driver. voice yeah. i thought she was a great she, choice yeah. well her voice is great but i don't think for that role oh. does that make sense where okay. it's like yeah. she almost made it too goofy and know. like, I think that that role needed yeah. to be a little bit more stern. I don't know. Maybe that's okay. just me. Yep. All right, Josh. Um, I'm gonna go. It's number number three would probably yep. be Whisper of the Heart. Nice. Yeah. You see this movie? I, I really liked it. Um, it, mainly because it's not a fantastical anything weird type of movie. Like everything takes place. In the real world, right. The only thing like that is any sort of you know fantasy bits are when she's writing her book. Mm-hmm. So when she's writing, you know whatever it is, that's when you meet the Earl and everything like that, uh, or something about the Earl, the Baron. Um, so then you get Carrie Ells in there, and that's when it gets all you know fantasy. But that is right. literally her writing the book. Yeah, everything else is. Oh no, she just can't decide if she wants to go to school. She's falling in love with the guy who wants to do violin. The only thing in that that's like a little fantasy wise is the parents let their 14 year old kid like leave after middle school graduation to go to see if he wanted to be an apprentice in Italy. I mean, that's the only part that's a little bit weird. My parents gave me that choice. Hey, <laughs> don't ev- don't that. don't all parents give their children that choice? I don't know. It's weird. Well, it's kind of I the mean, theme. You either I think, become a Ghibli freshman films. in high school or an Italian violinist. I mean, that's the two roads. That's where it forks. Everybody's life forks. <laughs> freshman year, <laughs> fourteen is that age. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, road fork you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are we at number two. Yep. Um, this one's easy, Ponyo. Freaking oh, great movie. Nice. I still, when I hear the Ponyo music, I think of Britney. Like that's oh. that's that's why Ponyo is 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 way up there. So um, I'm a little fish girl. You are you with a round tummy. <laughs> um, no, it's no, it's it's just it's just Thanks. a really it's just a really sweet movie. Um, the love story between Ponyo and Sosuke is probably like the most believable love story of all time. Like it's just so precious and. Um, Freaking Liam Neeson, you guys! Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson is is the dad, and he's just crazy in the film, and I love it. So, yeah, Ponyo for Yay, sure. Yay, Ponyo! So it's in everybody's is, yeah. top five. Number cool. two. All right, number two for me was Spirited Away. Nice. 
I don't remember when I watched this film. I feel like I watched it with you for the first time. Yeah, because so maybe I had seen it before. You had watched it. Because you made I me watch not. Ponyo, and I was like, you know what you should watch? And you were like, that's Studio Ghibli too." And I was like, I did not know these things. Yeah, duh. No, that was one that got away from me. <laughs> Spirited, I wanted to watch in theaters, but I just missed it. Um, mm-hmm. When they like re-released it. Yeah. But, so, I don't know. I love Spirited. Everything about the the voice cast is great. Like, what that is... Isn't it Max from Goofy yeah. Movie is Haku or something? Yeah. Um, which he's also from Full House. Um, oh, and I didn't even Meg. mention... Meg. I didn't even mention No Face. Probably no one of my favorite characters favorite. of all time. Another mute mm-hmm. character, but like, I love No Face. So the, we- cool. the weirdness yeah. of No Face. The fact that, you know, he just wants... Kind of just wants to be accepted and be their friend. And yeah. then she lets him in. Big mistake on her part. And then he just com- becomes this huge, ugly, roach-looking thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross, but really intriguing at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. Everything about it that you said from voice cast to the scenery the animation of the characters the characters themselves yes yeah, just so i think it was a great story so and then the, the sadness of her trying to remember herself the whole the whole yeah. time is is it's mm-hmm. really heartbreaking but she gets there so it's all happy in the end right <laughs> and meg nice. right you yeah, said that meg. megora um what's yep. her name i don't remember her name. susan egan yep yeah susan there egan. you go yeah susan egan cool. that's right all right, my number two is tonight's topic, My Neighbor Totoro. So we've already said many, many things about it. So, Josh, you're up. Okay, uh, my number two is going to be Spirited Away. Nice. nice. Savesies. Yeah. I, I, I really like Spirited Away. It's a great little story. Um, too bad she falls in love with a river. That kind of sucks. <laughs> know, that, she almost, that she almost drowned in, and if she had drowned, she'd have met Totoro. So, I mean, come on, crossover. <laughs> this is true. What if it's all one thing? Uh, was Spirited Away the one that you and I watched in the theater, yeah. and you had that very, very vocal lady sitting next to you who, she, who wanted she, to prove wanted to the to world that she was the scene. biggest fan of Spirited Away yeah. ever? Oh, gosh. I was really hoping wow. that she was going to be like, like a, don't go in there <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh no she would she would name every character as they came on the screen and uh she was terrible it was awful yeah I hated it. you get up and move seats as she gets up and moves, <laughs> next to you guys. moves with you yeah <laughs> doesn't acknowledge the fact that you guys just moved seats just oh, continues oh, the conversation nice right she reaches right. in grabs oh. your popcorn like without even thinking <laughs> nice all right, we're down to our number one pick. Um, my number one is definitely Howl's Moving Castle, and shame on the both of you for putting it as low as number five. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, easily just... Uh, uh, Josh didn't put it on the list. Yeah, but he expected that from yeah, you. I expected it from you because you're a terrible human being. No. Um, <laughs> okay, that, I, that's fair. No, I, I think with this one, it's just it had a, such a great blending of you know, what could feel like real world. Like, just like, oh, she works in a hat shop and she's great at making hats. You know, like, I want them to have new hats. Like, just, I loved that it was, it starts so simplistic, but then you have this, like, crazy fantastical element where, like, he's turns into a giant crow and battles, like, parademons. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I just loved um, the, the sorcery aspect of it, like, how calmly he just inserts himself into her life. And it's like, and I will rescue you you little like oh you normal lady oh now you're a little old lady that's gonna come into my life why not mm-hmm. like i love that i love oh what's the little boy's name and then he just like pulls the hood and oh. it like gives himself a beard like yeah. that's so freaking awesome like just and everybody just buys <laughs> it like oh he's a little old man you're like what all right jenkins not jenkins <laughs> 
maybe that's the sign on the door. Yeah, Some, it's, it's like, something. Yeah, Jenkins. the house of Jenkins. But yeah, no, I, I, and it's just the castle itself, uh, turnip head, like so, so many fun characters. Um, it was like a Wizard of Oz type story. <laughs> like I just, I love it. I, I just, you can't. You can't watch that movie and not smile like ear to ear the whole time. And if if you do, you're a soulless uh, god of death. Josh. Totoro. Josh is Totoro. <laughs> yes. His name is Michael Fisher. Michael Fisher? That's what it says. Was that the actor's name? The actor's what name what like is the, the character's, character's name? name? No, it just says, it says Michael Fisher is house 15-year-old apprentice. I don't remember that being his name. How weird. All right, maybe it is. Are you done talking about Hells? Yeah. I'm done. Okay. So much more we to can, say, we but can I guess let, I'm We can done. let you go on. We'll do a, that episode. Oh, they've already done that episode. No, no. But Darn. We, no, we didn't. <laughs> oh, it's Markle. We didn't. It was a test episode. So. Markle. Markle. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Why did... Oh, so... Okay, so it's Markle, but it's... Michael. 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 Yeah. Right. Written down. Right. Okay. It's the same. <laughs> sure, why not? YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number one is shocking. Ponyo. I love Ponyo. That one I missed in theaters also. And I was looking forward to that one when it was released. I just, it got away from me. But... Anything to do with the ocean, the sea, all the creatures in it um, is, is my favorite. Uh, not even the fact that it's like a tie to the Little Mermaid story, because this is definitely the better of the Little Mermaid stories, if there is Agreed. a competition, for me at least. Um, but I love the animation of like the moon jellies, of all of the creatures from thousands of years ago. Like the fact that you know they're trying to set it, to, I'm assuming, like in a present day... Um, scenario, but yet have the sea creatures be from thousands of years ago. I don't know why that makes sense, but mm-hmm. it did because it's Ghibli. They do what they want. Uh, the story, the 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 love story between Sosuke and Panyo, which is just a love story of a little boy and, and a girl, not the fact that it's romantic, but that he does want to care for her. He knows he does have love for her, and that she's willing to give up all of her magic to be with him, you know, to to be human. Like that's it's the whole grass is greener on the other side. You you want what the others have and Ponyo very much saw humans as a part of your world. She wanted to be part of our world and it, it's just so sweet. The voice cast, I think everyone was phenomenal. Yeah. What Tina Fey's in it, Come I on. thought that yeah. was great. But to touch on what Gavin Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, yeah. To touch on what Gavin said about <laughs> filling up your house with water, I had those same like I wanted to leave the bathtub running because I wanted it to fill <laughs> up the house. I was that kid that filled up the I still do it for Remy. I mean yeah. I'm in the bathroom with him, so don't worry guys, he's not gonna drown. Um I let him fill it up as much as possible so he can swim around. Like that was my favorite thing to do as a kid. So you guys think it's a lot of fun, but my mom's basement flooded and it's not fun <laughs> at all. You guys are like, wow, I could see fish. You don't. All you see is the carpet lifting off the cement floors. Well and it was always touched back to like the Looney Tunes episodes or maybe tiny uh, yeah. tiny tunes of like pluck isn't that Plucky Duck? Yeah, Plucky Duck. The, the they better go down the hole. Yeah, they better go down like, the if I flush the toilet enough, it's going to fill up the house. I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. Um, I, I love that. I So my imagination was also there. So seeing this happen and sea creatures, you know, floating at their feet, um, her magic being able to grow the boat and the candle was yeah. brilliant. So I don't know. I could go on forever. I'm going to stop. And when she <laughs> slams her face in that little baby's face, and she's, she's like, stop being sick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, and the food. I love 
Ghibli's or just anime. Oh yeah, food. the ramen. Yeah. Any anime with food in it, that's my favorite part of of an animated Scene. Yeah, I, I love the way they do food. So that's also plus. yeah. Josh and I were talking about that when we watched uh, Totoro because there are a couple scenes with food in it there, and that seems to be very common in Japanese animation, and it's so rare in American animation. We don't see them eat food in American movies. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen with the frequency that we do in Japanese movies. The only, the only it's, one is Ocean's so Eleven, where Brad Pitt's character is literally eating in every scene. Well, I'm has. talking yeah. about animated you know, movies. No, you're no, you're right. Well, Winnie the Pooh eats honey. Yeah, Aladdin eats a melon and right. bread. bread. Well, he gives the bread away, but, but not like this. Like they have full on meals. Yeah, like prepared, cooked yeah. food. And I never know. The that. There, there's that whole there's that whole scene in Summer Wars. Remember, like they right before the final yeah. battle, they're like, let's all have a let's all have dinner. Yeah, and they have this big huge feast right and it's like the third big huge meal they have in the whole movie yeah well, it's crazy it's it's just weird that it's so common and yet so rare i mean here. it's gotta be the cultural yeah, yeah they appreciate awesome. their food well i never i honestly i never knew like you could dress up ramen i was always just like oh it's just the ramen. noodles and soup but like the fact that they're like oh here's eggs and green chives and mm-hmm. slices of ham and you're like oh yeah that looks way better than what i was eating <laughs> That's how we have Speaking ramen. Speaking of ramen, Tamashi is opening up a second location. Really? In Edmond. Nice. Yep. Very so cool. Double ramen. Awesome. I'll probably be able to go to that one because that's our favorite local ramen place. They'll Jeez. probably have better parking. We don't have. That. Oh yeah, they can't have worse. We, have we just have. We just sure. don't go. We just have pho. Pho is huge out here. Yeah. yeah. A lot of pho. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Don't like those noodles. Too big. <laughs> I don't like the big noodles. No. What about you? Yeah, you're right. at number one now. My yes, number Gavin, one is, we? yeah, we're at the tops. So my number one is a bit outside of the center lane. Um, it's it's one fireplace. of the more unique <laughs> films in the Ghibli canon. Uh, I'm going with Porco Rosso. Sure, I haven't and seen that one. You see, Gavin's just a huge Michael Keaton fan, so I'm not really surprised hmm. by this. Makes sense. I do love me some Keaton, but I just what love the Lupin movie. Make it for you. Um, it's close. It's very close. Okay. It's probably six. Um, but yeah, I just like it. I, I love this kind of old, you know, World War II or post-World War II era, or no, post-World War One era fighter ace pilot, like the romanticism of it mixed with this fantasy element of the curse that makes him have the head of a pig if he wasn't and a pig it would have been a better i know movie. you couldn't get over that part no. but <laughs> everybody the, else is totally fine and then there's just the pig guy and they're like <laughs> oh yeah totally right i think that's what makes it so uh, fun because if it was just a dude in a world war one plane like oh i'm just a really good pilot and you're like all right cool yeah i've seen this before you know, and it it's set in that wonderfully beautiful uh, area in the Mediterranean around all of the islands in between Italy and Greece. And it's just so gorgeous in it, in the execution of uh, the layouts of the scenes and the design of, you know, his little island hideaway. And I just, I love the romance of it. You know, it, it just has a romantic feel to it, an idealized idea of a bygone era. And I think they capture it so well that it's really my favorite period piece that Ghibli's done. And I also love the fact that it's an animated film featuring so many cool planes and flying vehicles, which we don't get to see very often. You know, I I feel like that's pretty rare. And I love the kind of um, 
jilted romance of the <laughs> relationship that he has with the with the woman with um, the two women and yes the the small girl and the, yeah, the older right woman. right yeah uh i i don't know i just i like everything about it 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 suits me perfectly i i find enough humor enough action enough tension and it's completely beautiful so yeah I like, I, that's I like my that number one like, i love planes like i love movies that are about flying mm-hmm. but i always found that that one was interesting because like miyazaki such a pacifist like he is so very anti-war so that but it was like mm-hmm. i mean honestly that's what howl's moving castle is about but it's like it's right. interesting to have like porco rosso and the wind rises which are kind of like this homage as you said to like this bygone war era which is really well, interesting to have right. that dichotomy yeah you but know? but did Miyazaki do Porco Rosso, or is that just? Uh, it was still just Ghibli, Ghibli. but like interesting one. to like. I mean, was when you assign when you think of Ghibli, like that is his studio, right? Like you think of like yeah. his influence on on everything that was contained within um, their realm. Like it would be interesting for him to be like, yeah, by all means, let's do this movie. But yeah, Porco Rosso. Mm-hmm. I really like that film, but it's not one that I'm like. We need to watch this one. Like Brittany I haven't hasn't seen, seen it, it, and I want to watch it, so no. it's on the list. It yeah, looks, you need to see it, Brittany. Yeah. It looks really nice. Like all the like the water in there, yeah. and this little cove that he lives in. It looks so good. Yeah, the animation is as good as anything yeah. they've done. Yeah, and I love all the biplanes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah, we see biplanes going over our yeah, house at, all the time because we have a little um, airstrip, airstrip like right up the street, like two minutes from us. So that's really yeah. cool to see those. And Susan Egan's in that one oh, too, cool. as, long, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Carrie Elwes. So it's it's fantastic. Nice. That'll be probably next on is the it, Ghibli is list it for me. Elwes then. or Els yeah. or Us? I thought it was. I L's. always thought it was Us. Uh, Carrie. I always heard it was. I always heard it was Elwes. How's it spelled? It's like E L W E S L W E S. Yeah, We probably should ask him. We'll get him on the. We'll call him the Man in Black. Uh, it's pronounced uh, Dread Pirate. Roberts. Yeah, there That's you go. Pronounced. But but it's I'm not on, I'm not Hood. I'm not on a familiarity level with him like that. I still have to call him the Man in Black. <laughs> You're pals with him. How true? How true? Wesley. <laughs> uh, Wesley. Wesley. All right, Josh, we're on uh, you. My number one um, shouldn't be any surprise is the first Ghibli movie I ever saw, and it's going to be my number one probably until it gets knocked off. Good luck with that. Uh, it's going to be Princess Mononoke. Nice. nice. Love the story. Um, it was one of those where uh, I wasn't expecting it to be as violent as it was because, like, whenever I think Ghibli, or when I, when I was, you know, before I had watched it, I was like, oh, it's all this cute, cutesy stuff that's you know not really my forte mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh no he literally shoots a guy's head off yeah shoots arms off shoots like, limbs okay, off cool. yeah and then i like i really like the story like the story is probably you know one of my favorites mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um the animation is really good the only thing that is the problem is a problem with that movie is the cast? the english dub <laughs> Yeah, it's just not good. It's so bad. I mean, we need to watch. I it again, wish, but with, yeah. like just the subs. Yeah, it's been a long time oh God, since we watched yeah. it. It's hard to get through that one. <laughs> like I, it's one of those where like I would like to redub that. Like please, yeah, like, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now that uh, G Kids has has they all don't of do them, dubbing though they only do distribution. I wonder though if, uh, but once that license runs out for that dubbing, maybe they'll well, work I mean, with I somebody would like to, to redub listen it. To the English version. Because like we have the American version, mm-hmm. I would like to listen to the English version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like Tom Holland is in the English version of 
like a very young time. I think it's Arietti. Oh really? Or it's it's like Arietti or Ponyo. It's one of those one of the two. It may be Spirit. I don't even well, remember. Well, now I'm interested in, in that. E- like he's in the English version with one of them. The same with uh, Ralph Fiennes. He's in there, and I'm like, what the heck? This would have been a really good dub, but we don't get it because yeah. America, because of licensing and yeah. copyrights and <laughs> so um, dumbness. I, I that's what I was kind of hoping that whenever G Kids took over distribution from Disney, Already. that they would nice. give you the choice of the two. Mm-hmm. Was he? And uh, that would have been that would have been fun. Show? He was the yeah, boy. Show. Cool. Yeah. English dub, UK, Australia, and New Zealand for Arietti. Yeah. Well, now I gotta find that version. Region two. Mm-hmm. Like and like, it just seems like a bad. Like I, I there's a uh, there's another. Di- uh, if you can Disney. find there's, a, there's another Ghibli movie that has. I have to get a region free player, which I don't we know, have one. So if you find a copy well, of it, you're leaving. Um, we'll get a copy of it soon and then bring it over <laughs> and we'll all watch it. So I'll watch it once and then never even watch They're it. They're so again. cheap. We got ours for like thirty bucks. Um. Uh, yeah, I think Maggie Smith's in a couple of the Ghibli films. It's Dame uh, Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie. No, wait. Is it Dame Maggie mm-hmm. Smith? I no, it's so. Dame Judy Dench. It's Dame Maggie Smith. Pretty sure. Okay. So, yeah, I know she's in a couple of them. So, it's one of those where it's like, I, I think their casting is a little bit better, just as I'd like to hear those, but it's one of those where I don't know how I'll get to hear that. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. It does. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. Uh, good pick. I think we had some pretty good variety in our top fives. I think we had a lot of consistent picks, but a lot of very different picks, too. Yeah, I think I was the only one who had Kiki in there. And yeah. that's a definitely a yep. nostalgia factor for me. I mean, yeah, I've never seen Kiki. Kiki's oh. just right yeah. outside my top five. I think I like you'll like Yeah, and I, and like, I, was, I was the only one with Whisper, so. I think you'll like yeah. Kiki's, actually, because there is kind of a little bit of a, a yeah, love. There There's a romance in there. It's unrequited love. Yeah, but it's. It that way. I, I don't know. Oh, I think you'll like her feistiness. But he hates that worse than no romance at all. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, the the one, the romance that I hate is the one where they can never literally be together, ever. Uh, oh, it's yeah. It's just a thing that just never works. Like, Spirited Away can never be together, <laughs> ever. So it, it won't ever work. So you didn't like that movie, The Lake House, where they're, like, writing letters back and forth from, like, the future <laughs> in the past? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, that won't work. It's, like, 70 years. <laughs> There was hope. <laughs> there was no hope. No hope, no hope, no hope, no hope at all. Uh, same thing with uh, Girl Hold Up Through Time. It's like, Oh, uh, I yeah, haven't seen that one yet. No. Oh, well, I won't spoil it for you. Okay, Kevin. cool. But yeah, it's like, yep, nope, won't ever happen. <laughs> Just sucks. Nice. Nice. Um, was there any others? Oh, well, Porco Rosso, because you haven't seen that one. I haven't one, seen so that one. can't make that on your list. Um, right. I think. There's a lot of. Oh, Josh, you had Castle in the I... Sky on your top five. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one is it. Just feels old. Yeah, for me, like that it does, one. It does feel. It feels old. Film, like, yeah. it's the one. Like honestly, it feels the most anime out of any True. of the Ghibli movies. That for me, I've seen. I hear Kiki's is really, really anime. Yeah, like it's like it feels like an anime. But like to me, like watching that, I was like, wow, this looks like something from like. And you haven't seen Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, right? I've not right? seen Nausicaa, Yeah. No. See, I feel like they I mean, I've started... Seen, I've seen parts of Nausicaa. I've never seen it all the way through. That, yeah, so with that and Castle in the Sky, I think they kind of started, you know, in a more traditional anime sense. But then Ghibli has kind of carved their own path. And, you know, you've said a lot of times that you don't feel like Ghibli is anime. And, you know, or it's yeah, not... Yeah, it doesn't feel... It feels like something not solidly different. anime. Because, yeah, they've kind, of, they've kind of carved their own path. Um but yeah, I think Castle in the Sky. I I understand why you like that one. I think Mononoke is pretty, 
pretty center of the road anime too. Yeah, it's definitely. I felt like yeah, Mononoke yeah. was a little divergent from their tra- their traditional style. It definitely had mm-hmm. elements of it, but it was not like the way that like Totoro or Ponyo is, where it is like right along yeah. that that stream. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, inter- yeah. interesting though that, to see like the the repetitive movies on on each list, even even for Josh, but. Um, I feel like this list is always going to be evolving. Like my top five, probably. Won't, you ask me six months from now, it'll probably be different. Yeah, I agree. For Howls, I, 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 I like. Part of me I wanted to put uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower in there, just as a, <laughs> like as a number that five, is, as I'm a like, dig. Well, it's basically that. the same. It's thing. all. It's all your ex artists. It's yeah. It's it's <laughs> half the people that worked on these films yeah. worked on that. So. Nihilist. Did you guys see that? Yeah, we yeah, saw it. Yeah, we saw it in. Oh, that's right. In theaters that's right. with you guys. I remember. Yeah. I remember did, the episodes. That you I guys forgot were on. we did a group episode yeah. on that. Now, do you remember who else we had on that? Jared. Okay, good. You yeah. remember that at least. Yeah, I remember. He now. remembers Jared, but not you. Guys. Well, that's don't. Okay. To be fair, I remember Jared, I, and not us guys either. True. So. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Um, are you guys uh, excited for Studio Ghibli Land? That's coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to go. <laughs> yeah, it's what I was like, like uh, sure, I'll never go there. Um, I mean, I, I would, I would love to. For sure. Like, I would love to, for sure. It's just one of those where, like, because like, I've wanted to go to Japan because I want to do a lot of the um, the shrines and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's like, mm-hmm. I would want to do a trip just to look at shrines and right. old temples. Yeah. But it's one of those where I'm like, well, I have zero money. <laughs> so... I, I can't even afford chicken nuggets right now. <laughs> I'll have so. to check. I'll have to check, but I think it costs more than zero dollars to go to Japan. <laughs> I'm not sure though. Well, let's check. There may be a Groupon for zero dollars. I don't know. I mean, if I stow away aboard a cargo ship and just <laughs> there you go, show up there. I uh, just have well, to. You have not get deported. You have until 2022 at least. That's what they're like guesstimating at this point is when Ghibli Land will be open. So after so after the Olympics, that seems like it, like a missed opportunity there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't, you don't want to rush something like that though, just for a one-time event. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have like part of a park open, yeah, if that's the way you want to yeah. do it. I mean, I guess. Well, I guess they have the Ghibli Museum, yep. so yeah, yep. they still have. That'd that. be like yeah. that'd be like having like exactly. the opening gates to Jurassic Park, and they're <laughs> that's, the, that's the only part that's built. And they're like, no, eventually there'll be dinosaurs inside, but right now there's a giant <laughs> door. Well, we gotta fly to see the so, giant so door. So it's like so it's like the so it's actually like Jurassic Park. So you're like Ian, you're like, but it's like they're gonna be dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour, <laughs> right? That's what I would do on a dinosaur tour. Be like. This is the Dilophosaurus, and it's literally just some shrubs. Right. You're like, he's back there, we swear. <laughs> Cardboard cut out. <laughs> but Studio Ghibli's just going to have a giant, like, Totoro with blood in its mouth chasing children <laughs> around. <laughs> just like the movie. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's what the parents are saying. Oh, wow, it's just like in the movie. What? <laughs> anyway. All right. Hi, right, kids. That was pretty fun. That was good. Thanks for coming on, guys. Now, where can everybody find your stuffses? Um, well, we are on the interwebs. Uh, if you go to at uh, CloudCityCast on Twitter and Instagram, you can email us, cloudcitycast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send a raven uh, <laughs> with a letter. We'll get those as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you want to check out our podcast, you, it's uh, it's on iTunes and Stitcher and I'm sure other places we didn't put it, but somebody has placed it there. But you can find it. We're <laughs> Yeah, right. We're we're out and about and around and, and whatnot. And every now and again, if you are a Disneyland frequenter, you can find us in the parks. Cool. 
And what about your individual social medias? I don't give that out. You guys are creepy. I don't you follow me anymore. <laughs> you can find Liam <laughs> at Liam Bright. How dare you? at Citizen of Disney. You got it. Nice. That. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, me? Mm-hmm. All right. I am at Gavin Audison Art on Instagram. Uh, GavinAudisonArt.com on the web. I tweet now and again. It's Gavin Audison it's all, Art. It's all Utah jazz stuff. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> He's and, gonna stop tweeting uh, pretty soon. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can you can also hear me uh, every week on the Podcateers. You can find us at Podcateers. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. On Facebook, Animation Station Podcast. On Tumblr, Animation Station Podcast. On Twitter, at Animate Podcast. You can also find all of our episodes on iTunes. And Stitcher. And Podbean. And, or go to our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can also find us on Unlocked. Uh, we do some stuff there about once a week. Um, so I'll, And we'll put all of the links and everything for Cloud City, Podcateers, and ASP in the... Um, show notes so you can find all of those and be sure and like and review and subscribe and leave a nice little itunes review on all three of the podcasts yeah we like when you do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we actually want to hear your top five ghibli rankings as well Mm -hmm. Um, so go ahead and pop those in the comment section of any of our social media posts indeed all right gavin it was fun maybe we'll have you on again Oh, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, Did we maybe. talk about how this is kind of kicking off anime? Uh, yes. Uh, well, Damon Mills actually kicked oh, off right, anime. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, this is our first anime... Review episode. Review episode. Sure. Um, so, and, uh, so what we're doing this year is we're doing... Every Friday, we're doing a... In, in May, and then the last Thursday in May, since it's the 31st, we're doing interviews with voice actors... And then on our Monday episodes, we're watching anime films. Cool. So it is a packed month. It is. That's so, awesome. So uh, today was Totoro. Mm-hmm. Then next week is The Girl Who Left Through Time. Cool. Then after that, it's kind of a toss-up mm-hmm. because we may be doing Lou Over the Wall right. with Jared Mariama and another podcast. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. So it may be that, or it may be like paprika or something like that. Okay, cool. Then after that, um, on our last episode, it's going to be for our 100th episode. Ooh. We're doing Cowboy Bebop the series. We're going all the way back to all the beginning. All the way back to 100. Episode number one was Cowboy Bebop the movie. Wow. So with episode 100, we're going to celebrate with the show, and, and then I'm on, so excited. Then on episode 200, we'll maybe we'll do the live action cowboy bebop because we'll reenact it all scene for scene (laughs) full circle so uh yeah so i think we've got some uh good stuff lined up and then we've got all of our interviews lined up as Mm -hmm. well so uh damon mills is our first episode so you can go back and listen to that one our next interview is voice actor chris waycamp and we talk a lot about that it was it was quite fun with him cool cool Very awesome. I think anime has become my favorite animation station podcast month. Oh, I really you don't enjoy like Swim Timbers. <laughs> swim Timber. <laughs> that that was kind of weak. <laughs> Wait, did we even do Swim Timber or did? Yeah, we did all I things from the sing. ocean or sea or whatever. I thought it was like sing. Oh, what did we do? Sing, sing wise. Uh, we did a musical month, right? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, was it June? 
June June Junie Tunes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Junie yeah, Tunes. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> no, Swim Temper was cool. That's when we saw Shark Tale. We were like, yeah, that was kind of fun. Yes. <laughs> no, anim- anime is our best month. I-, I enjoy it so much. Awesome. Okay, yeah. so again, thanks for coming on, guys. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. Liam. I'm Brittany. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Made you look. I make, I make the, the world, world a better, better place. place.